Welcome everyone to episode eight of Talk Exchange. Today's guest is Enrique Grace of the North Central Charleston Exchange Club. And this guy has such an amazing story. It's all about paying it forward. Part of his story begins when he lived abroad, he played basketball for The Ohio State University, which obviously is very cool. He started the Charleston Hispanic Association, and so he talks about that. He talks about how he started the Task Force for Human Trafficking, his utilization of exchange club resources to just do so much more uh, good within his community. So again, we hope you enjoy episode eight of Talk Exchange. Hi, I'm Tracy Edwards. Welcome to this episode of Talk Exchange. I'm joined by Christy Linda. Hi, Christy. Hi, Tracy. I'm super excited about our guest today, Christy. And one fun fact that I want to throw out there. I just learned that you played basketball for The Ohio State University. Woo! Yay. I did. Yes, I did. We yep. just said always a Buckeye, a Buckeye for life, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, bleed scarlet and gray. Awesome. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that experience since Ohio, the Buckeye State, is the headquarters state of the National Exchange Club headquarters. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I offered a scholarship my senior year at uh, Groveport Madison High School there in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, took advantage of it. and had a fun time while I was there. I bet you did. And mm -hmm. fast forward to today, you're sitting in North Charleston, South Carolina. How did you arrive at that location? Uh, uh, so I originally moved to Columbus, Ohio from uh, Okinawa, Japan. My father was uh, oh. military. So I, I, I grew up in Seville, Spain. My mother's Spanish. Uh, that's why the name Enrique. But... Um, I always lived in very warm places. And when I got to Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, right? Because it's cold. Yeah, it's times and, here we get warm. <laughs> yeah. So when I had the opportunity to move south, I, I just jumped all over it. Mm -hmm. So We're I got excited. to Charleston. Yeah. Beautiful area yeah. down there. Absolutely. Yeah, we could talk all day about your life. What an incredible experience. Uh, having a father in the military and doing that kind of traveling. I know uh -huh. your your heart is with the Charleston Hispanic Association, and that's how you connected with Exchange. So tell us about uh, their work and why you thought joining with Exchange would be a good fit for you. Yeah, so we started the Charleston Hispanic Association four years ago. Well, this would be our fourth year, actually. And uh, we have grown to be the largest Hispanic association in Charleston, probably all of South Carolina, actually. And right now we help feed between 10,000 and 15,000 people a month. We help clothe wow. them. We help give them the free clinics, legal, you know, help. We, we, we do quite a bit in Charleston with, with the Hispanic population. And last year, the um, Exchange Club of Charleston asked if I would be interested in, in starting the Latin Exchange Club of Charleston. And of course, you know, when you have the power of the exchange club behind you, who says no, right? <laughs> That's right. So uh, it was uh, it was a great thing to have the support, and it still is a great thing to have the support of the exchange club and the exchange club of Charleston. I mean, they 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 with all their experience, the 
hundred and some years, 115 years, I think already of experience. We've learned so much, uh, in running what we do now. So it was a, it was a beautiful marriage. Well, I'm so glad that you made it full circle with the, uh, Hispanic association in Charleston. So how did that feel like a natural fit with exchange for you and all of the other people who are our charter members? Well, you know, the Exchange Club does a lot of work in the community already, and the pillars that they have kind of align already with ours. Um, so it was an easy transition to, to unify both of what we do and to start the Latin Exchange Club. And now we have a wealth, you know, I, I fund the Charleston Hispanic Association by myself, but now we have a wealth of resources with the Exchange Club and a lot of attention. To give you an example, on March 18th, we're bringing five to eight uh, consulates from South America to the Exchange Park. And this will be the first time ever in the country where so many uh, consulates from different countries get together to help the people from their country. And that will wow, be happening March cool. 18th and 19th. Yeah, and you know we wouldn't have been able to do that without the Exchange Club. So we've got several amazing events planned. Uh, that are going to happen um, and be a lot of fun in the exchange in the exchange club. And we, you know, w- without the resources, this, none of this would happen. Well, and your your club charter was such an exciting event in yes. not just South Carolina, but at our national headquarters building. There was so much energy coming from your club before it even chartered. I feel like mm-hmm. we knew so many of your original members. Mm-hmm. Um, by name and face and voice before your, your charter events. So it, it wasn't surprising to us that you guys hit the ground running. Uh, it certainly seems like you've been around for a lot longer than you have. Well, I mean, we do a lot of events. I mean, and I try to log all of them on the website, but we do so many, I don't even have a chance to put all of them. Uh, you know, 20% probably don't even get added to the website. Um, so we did hit the ground running because we've been doing it already in, you know, Charleston for about three years. And uh, it's just getting bigger now that we're part of the Exchange Club. Um, so you're going to see a lot of nice, very powerful events, I think, in Charleston because of it. Awesome. Well, I know it was it had great impact that so many of you came to the National Convention when we had it in Greenville, right uh, down the road from Charleston. So great way to to bring your members in, show them what exchange is all about on a grand scale, and also let them feel the pride of how everyone welcomed them and was so excited about the new club, right? So tell right. us about how that experience went for everybody and what you walked away with feeling. Uh, well, you know, because of, of my business, I, I attend a lot of of these type of events, but I have to say the one at the Exchange Club just blew everybody over the top. Uh, you come out positive, you come out with so many great ideas, so many amazing connections from people in Texas, you know, it it was just a lot of fun. And, uh, I walked away with a a lot of ideas that I want to bring back to Charleston that I've never seen before and never had the opportunity to learn before. So for me, it, it was an amazing uh, event and I can't look to this, wait for this year to happen. Awesome. We'll see you in Phoenix. Yeah, you will. <laughs> You'll see several, several of us. That wasn't a request. <laughs> right. <laughs> we're, we're, we plan on having a very uh, an amazing room there with a lot of fun. 
So, awesome. you know, put your salsa shoes on because we'll be having some fun there. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. So I, I was reading, we like to send out questions to people before um, before we sit down for the podcast, just so we can introduce you and, and, and feel like we've got a great idea on what you want to speak about. But what I'm looking at here, Enrique, all of your answers to your questions, you're really just a public servant at heart. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling. Um, it seems like everything you do centers around how you can make an opportunity for someone else. I think so too. And I really felt deep love for family, mm-hmm. deep love for people. And that resonates in everything we know that you do and, and hear about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my father was in the military, obviously, in the 60s and 70s. And while we were in Spain, he was actually in Vietnam. So we never got to hear from dad for a long We never knew if he was alive or not. Wow. And in Spain in the 60s, if if you're a, a woman with kids and no husband around, you were treated pretty bad. And, you know, it took a while for the paychecks to arrive to my mom. You know, they didn't have computers where you just sell somebody some money, right? So we lived in government housing. I slept on a concrete floor, um, had worms every day, hungry every day. And then finally, when the money came, uh, we were able to move into our own place. We, we shared a house with four other families, I think it was. Wow. And I remember those days. And so when I see uh, a lot of people that are, you know, brought to Charleston, they're, you know, brought up from the border, they come here, they have nothing. I remember what it was like. So, um, yeah, so we try to help those families because they, they really do have nothing. Those kids have nothing. And when you see them come up and maybe get a box of diapers I mean, something so simple as diapers and they start crying. Mm-hmm. I remember those feelings. And so that's, I think growing up that way until dad got back from the war, uh, that resonates with me pretty, pretty big. And you're a great inspiration. So that's what, that's what I yeah. uh, well, what a, my gosh, that warms my heart to hear that story. And you're such a great inspiration in the way you pay forward your experience now to people who you know have that need and it's amazing too because from what you're saying you're getting them involved too what we really like is when we can serve people through exchange and then get them to the point where they can pay forward that service right and if i'm understanding your model correctly that's exactly how that works yeah and what's nice to see that when people been, they start to volunteer with us. So we have a list of maybe 120 volunteers already. And uh, we started our own chat room on WhatsApp. A lot of Hispanic people use WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. And hundreds, thousand people have already signed up for it. And so we communicate well on the events that we do. And we get volunteers and we get requests for things to do. And uh, that's kind of fun because we don't think about everything, right? We don't know everything. We don't think about everything. So we get a lot of input from the community. And like you say, it's that full circle. We help them for a while and then they come back and, oh, well, you help me. And I like to donate stuff for this family. And this. so we get donations literally every single day from people that want to give back into the community. So uh, yes. that's kind of cool. Yeah. That's very cool. So speaking mm-hmm. of this model, I know, you know, you shared your vision with us at convention about how you thought this model 
would be worthwhile, and certainly it would nationwide, mm-hmm. and how you saw this being able to duplicate across the country. Why don't you talk a little bit about that vision and how you see it transitioning from your community to communities nationwide? Yeah, so um, just speaking on the Hispanic side, uh, you know, the Hispanic population is the fastest growing population in the United States. It's the um, largest group of uh, new small business creators in America. But at the same time, when all these people are coming over the way they are, it's the fastest growing population that lives in poverty. So I don't care in what city you're from, there's a lot of Hispanics there. Um, And by working with all the embassies, like I told you before, we see the numbers that are here. And for instance, just registered with the consulate of Mexico, there's 31 million Mexicans in the United States. That's bigger than most countries. Mm -hmm. And you multiply that by all the other countries, there's a lot of Hispanics here. And you, you can see in the news, there's a lot of Hispanics coming. And uh, just because of the way they get here and what they have, uh, there's a lot of need there. For instance, when COVID hit, they were laying off a lot of people. A lot of Hispanics don't have any type of benefits or insurance, or they don't get the checks from the government. They're, They're on their own. So when COVID hit, obviously things spiked and we started to help feed and clothe a lot of people. And things are getting back to normal as far as COVID, but now you got inflation. And that's wreaking havoc on someone that's making $15 an hour putting up roofs. So they're, they're back to work, but they aren't making the money they used to make. And it's, it's worth a lot less today. And uh, this happens in every city in America. And I can guarantee you in every city in America, there are Hispanics. You're, you're going to find a lot of people, and not just Hispanics. You're going to find a lot of people in right. need um, uh, around the country. Well, that's so true. And, you know, I'm just thinking about the number of communities where we have exchange clubs and how great it would be to get them to partner as you have in Charleston, because you've created a solution to so many things and so many gaps. We always say that there are plenty of things that government, you know, even churches just cannot do, should maybe should not do. And, you know, this is that place where we fill that gap, right? Yeah, to give you a good example, um, we you know we work with a lot of agencies, the FBI and I mean they're all here um, wanting to reach the Hispanic community, and we reached or we've talked to now the uh, Task Force for Human Trafficking, which is a federal program, and this isn't out yet, so this is kind of boom, exchange right. club news, hot off the press, uh, they, yeah, hot off the press. They have asked us if we would facilitate introducing the task force for human trafficking to all the exchange clubs in the nation as they you know want to spread the word of the task force and you're talking about sex trafficking labor trafficking uh, child trafficking all these different things and which is rampant uh, believe it or not um they asked us we would present them to the exchange in fact we have a committee now with the task force and they want to duplicate this across America using the Exchange Club. So wow. How cool is that? That's amazing. That's really cool. And we're happy yeah. to help yeah. put that together and do whatever we need to make that happen. That's right. When the FBI knows about yeah. you, you step up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's one of our things, right, is uh, prevention of child abuse. So Absolutely. Uh, I thought that was a perfect ask. And, and 
I, I'm going to present it to the different exchange clubs here. But yeah, I'm looking for some help from national from this. Absolutely. Awesome. And that's another theme that I noticed as I was reading about you. Just ask. That's yes. right. You want people to ask about exchange. You want people to ask what services exchange can help provide them. You just want them to ask about how they can be involved. Yeah, um, and it's twofold. So a lot of people that we run into need help. And I don't know if it's embarrassing or they're not comfortable or they don't trust. But many times when they say they have a problem and need help, we have a solution for them. And yeah. now, you know, the exchange has their fingers in so many different places and so many uh, pies. Uh, yeah, just ask. If you have a problem, just ask. Because I bet you the exchange can, can help. And that's the kind of message I've been, if there's something we need help, if I can't help you, I'll find a way that somebody that can. But uh, with the exchange club behind us, we, 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 we help a lot. We get a lot of doors now because we're exchange club, believe it or not. Yeah. It opens up a lot of doors and we get a lot of help. Well, you talked about duplicating as exchange club model. Yes. I want to know how to duplicate Enrique. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We need you all over the country. You got to get my guy, right? <laughs> That's great. Well, is there anything else you think that um, we didn't touch on that you'd like to share with our audience, um, whether they're members, potential members, people who need services? Well, uh, if you need help, the exchange club, like I said, has a lot of resources. If you are an exchange club, um, tell your story. It's not, we're not doing it for self gratification. We're not doing it for the press. We're not doing it to boast ourselves. I think we're doing it to show people, look, these are the things we can do to help our community join and help us. If you need help, you have a, you have a place, but when the exchange club asked me to start the lab, I never heard of the exchange club before. I had to go in and, and meet them and, and learn about all the amazing things they do. Yeah. And I was like, man, that is a shame. Why isn't this getting out to everybody? All the resources, all the help, all the good people. There's a lot of good people in exchange and all the different exchange clubs. You know, I see a lot of exchange clubs posted. Posting pictures of you know nice dinners and white tie yes. you know black tie and and a, a glass of wine that does nothing in our community nobody relates to that um, we really need to when we do something nice just show the community that this is what we're about and uh, well, you're right we talk we talk going. about that a lot is clubs can get better at showing the value of having a club in the community, right? Your community sees the value of having your club in the community. So many times clubs don't know how to do that or feel they shouldn't do that. Or like you said, they focus on the things that look really nice rather than the service component, right? Yeah. And it's not, it's not talking about ourselves. It's not bragging. It's not doing it. We're not doing it for ourselves. If we were doing it for ourselves. We wouldn't be in the exchange club, right? Right. So, but it does, show the community that the exchange club is there it's it's a positive in the in the community uh and and since we did the exchange club here in charleston the latin exchange club we have more volunteers we have people wanting to be a part um and when you get all these good people together the things that come out in our meetings are amazing i mean who would have thought the task force national task force would be wanting us to talk to everybody and it, it's, yeah. it's it's amazing yeah. Well, that's exciting. I can't stress it. It's amazing. 
That is amazing. My gosh, thank you for joining us, but thank you for sharing that amazing news. That's so exciting. Yes, I agree. And I, I cannot wait to meet you in person in Phoenix. Um, I want to hear more we'll about your story, what your club yes. is doing, and you know how we can help get everyone connected to you, uh, your advice. <laughs> And yeah, thank you for yeah. taking an existing community organization and connecting it to exchange. And that's something that is easy to duplicate in every community across the country. Find an association that's important in the community that could use the help of the exchange club. And once you partner together, as you've highlighted, the results can be amazing. It's limitless. It really is. And uh, I appreciate the exchange for coming out and asking us to be a part because it's been uh, it's been a blessing. It really has. Awesome. Well, thank you for being a valued member of Exchange, a great leader. And uh, may you be blessed yourself for all the good you do in the community and beyond. Thank you, Enrique. Thank you. Thank Go you. Bucks. We'll see you guys. Go Bucks. <laughs>